Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Business Pro podcast, the podcast that empowers you to win at work, at home, and in life. Your hosts are the formidable duo of Todd Holland, an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, and serial entrepreneur, and yours truly, Jonathan Laudermilk, another best-selling author, globally recognized, successful business owner, and business coach. Together, we're going to bring you invaluable insights, inspiration, and real-world strategies from the world's leading business minds. Get ready to start winning in every area of your life. Let's start the show. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Business Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Loudermilk, your host with the most, and I've got a damn good guest on this episode. He's actually a podcast expert, so I'm going to do my best to not feel judged as we're doing this episode, so I'm excited <laughs> to unpack his story, and I'm sure we're going to get tons of gold nuggets out of this episode. Before I introduce our esteemed guest, if this is your first time checking this out, I just want you to kick back, relax, enjoy the show. You're gift to us is that you're taking time out of your day to tune in and check out this episode. However, if this is your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, your umpteenth time, you know what I'm about to ask you. I need you to like, I need you to subscribe, I need you to share us on social media, better yet, take this episode and DM it or text it to another business owner or entrepreneur that will benefit from this. It truly helps the channel out. And once again, it supports our mission of helping business professionals create more freedom within their business so they have the time to focus on creating a legacy for their life. With that being said, let me introduce our awesome guest that we have today. Our guest today is Dan Homey, best last name we've had on the shows thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, who is a speaker, author, trainer, and consultant with nearly 20 years experience helping entrepreneurs like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion while making a difference for your community, market, and audience. As a creator of the podcast Reach System, Adam helps you create and launch your podcast as your key networking, client attraction, and celebrity expert branding tool. Adam is the author of Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. That's a dope name. We're going to talk about that. And the <laughs> contributing author to the Journeys to Success, the Millennial Edition, both international uh, Amazon bestsellers. He has spoken on scores for podcasts and stages around the country for many years and sought after expert on topics related to launching your podcast, hosting your podcast, entrepreneurship, business creation, communication skills, and more. Adam calls Las Vegas known to some, at least to him, as the hottest city in America home. His interests include reading, history, cats, cigars, 80s music, vegan recipes, NLP, alternative history scenarios, and the novel he's been working on for 30 years that he may finish if things slow down with that being said adam homie thank you for joining us on the show today jonathan i've been looking forward to this for about a minute and a half now this is uh very exciting stuff i've seen your show i've seen some episodes you do really great work and i'm i'm very happy to be here man that is high praise man because like once again like you actually like do podcasts professionally for other business owners. I'm just someone that was basically running their mouth on the internet for a few years and figured, <laughs> I mean, I, I might as well do some long-term strategy of actually like being intentional with like how I document mm-hmm. these conversations. And and like you and like in the introduction I read for you, podcast is one of the coolest way to just connect with people and meet people that you never would have been able to meet otherwise. Yeah, you actually hit on two great points there one of the great reasons for doing a podcast is to make your voice heard and to create a personal relationship with your prospects and business allies in a way that other forms of marketing just don't quite reach 
And then the other thing you hit on, which I think is very important, is I mean, you're you're I mean, you and I know each other from Facebook, and I we're probably connected on LinkedIn too. And so, you know, you go on these platforms and people send you connection requests and friend requests. You look at them, they seem like cool people. They got 85 mutual friends. So you take a chance and you accept it, even though you don't know them. And what happens? Three seconds later, they're in your inbox sending you copy pasta about this long. That's basically them singing the me, 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 me song. And hey, can we hop on a Zoom for a quick chat? Well, with a podcast, you can take all that crap away. Because you can walk right into somebody's inbox. You don't even have to be friends with them necessarily. Yeah. And just say, hey, I like what you're doing with X. I'm looking for some new guests for my podcast. When can we have you on? Unless somebody, unless somebody has no interest whatsoever in having publicity handed to them on a silver platter, right. they're going to say either yes or tell me more. They're not going to leave you red checked. Well, I think it, it really hits on, you know, a key principle that I've always focused. And once again, like I'm not the business guru of business gurus, but I figured out a few things that's worked for us and our clients yeah. over the years is if you lead with value, everything else takes care of itself. So right. like, so offering to be able to go, Hey, I want to be of service to you. I like what you're putting out there. I would love to have you on the show. Once again, it gives me contact or, or uh, content to do with my audience, but it allows me to, to give you some exposure and, and to put you on game. And, and once again, it just gives us an opportunity to connect and kind of like dating. Like if there's a spark or any type of chemistry, you know, business will be done later on. If not, no harm, no foul. Like you, Right. Able to go help somebody well yeah and the other thing that's really cool about being a podcast host and you may have experienced this yourself is it closes degrees of separation let's say there's somebody you'd really like to reach and really have like to have a conversation with but you can't quite get through to them look around their circle of influence who can you connect there who could get you an introduction you're more likely to give that introduction after you put reciprocity up front mm. That's smart right there. And it's funny, man. We I've I've definitely had some guests on the show that I'm like like kind of a little bit starstruck, right? So uh -huh. um one of the guests that we have on, um, man, what's God bless it, man. It was uh Steve Kuklo. So Steve Kuklo is uh, a big time bodybuilder. Um, he was actually on Shark Tank with his wife back in the day right and i remember watching his episode and being like and then i was able to connect with him and he was one of our very first guests that we had on my other podcast about three years ago and dude it was yeah. such a cool experience and it's funny he's this massive dude like he looks like the hulk but when you meet him he's like a cuddly teddy bear dude like nicest human being like i've ever met dude you know so like once again, like if I didn't have a podcast, I never would have been able to say that, oh, I've met Steve Kuklo. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, I have, I have a story like that, too. About six months into hosting my business creators radio show, and this is back in 2014, my assistant Tracy Skyped me one day and asked me if I'd like to have Larry Winget on my show, um, the author of uh, the Grow Pair book. Uh, he's been on Fox Business. I think most people know who Larry Winget is. Yeah. And I said, hey, if you can, if you can bring that unicorn into my stable. And she said, all right, well, let's see what we can do. 20 minutes later, she Skypes me again. She says, check your email. And I look in my email and I see that there is a perfectly, perfectly filled out application form um, from one Larry Winget. And right next to it was the date and time he was booked to interview with me. 
That's awesome, man. So now, so now, now someone like that, and, and Larry's a great guy. He's a friend of mine. But you think of people with that caliber. If you try and hit them up in the DMs without knowing them, saying, hey, is there any chance I could pick your brain or bend your ear? Mm. Yeah, they're, they're probably not even going to – they're not, not going to answer you, but they may actually make a video about what you did, whether or not they mention your name. Right. But if you come to them saying, hey, I'd love to feature you as a guest on my podcast, that's a pretty easy yes. And, you know, you know, Larry you know, is you know, he's a really nice guy, and he's also – He's, you know, he's, he's kind of brusque sometimes. Uh, and I was a little, I was a little worried. It's like, am, am I going to do something wrong here? Am, am, am I, am, is he going to go off on me? He was actually one of the easiest guests I've ever interviewed. And as I said, I've been doing this for 10 years. Uh, totally prepared, on target with his message. And it was real, I mean, in his case, it was real easy. When, uh, when his, uh, his assistant filled out his application for him, uh, she just took, like the titles of the five most re recent blog posts, rephrase them as questions, and then made a note said, these are his recent blog posts. Just ask him the questions and let him go nuts. That's awesome. So so would you say that was like probably like your your biggest guest that you've had? It, uh, one of them. One of them. Now let's of, now and now let's look at this from Larry's perspective. He got to have an hour-long conversation that was fun for him. And as a result of that conversation, I ended up attending three of his live events that I paid to attend. So just for an hour's conversation, he probably made thirteen hundred bucks, and I—I I know somewhere along the line, I bought him a box of cigars because uh, <laughs> uh, his Flor de Dominic his Flor de Dominicanos, which are his favorite. And uh, and you think about that—that's not a bad hour's work, no matter yeah. who you are. That's all. And, pl and plus. He's got me nine years later telling people how awesome he is. What do you think that does for his client attraction? Right. Builds the brand and the attraction and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome, man. Well, well, Adam, let's do this, man. Like, I want to hear the story of like, dude, how did you get into podcasting? And then, you know, obviously the journey of becoming a bestseller too. Like, I, I, I would love to hear that. And I know our audience would probably get a lot of value from hearing that story as well. All right. So originally... I know in the green room, green room, we discussed my entrepreneurial journey, and it started after I completed my MBA from Duquesne University in December 2002 with a concentration in human resource management. My goal at the time was to become a, a training and development director for a Fortune 100, and wow. in the day job I've been holding down while I was in MBA school, I worked in their training and development department, so I was getting some practical hands-on experience. I was even doing employee trainings. It was pretty cool. Uh, so I did the usual thing you do after you get your MBA. You network, you make friends, you get job offers, and I turned them all down. The reason being is right around that same time, one of my previous mentors from a few years back, at his point in his journey, he owned a training and development firm and was looking for somebody to help him develop content for his first book, uh, for his presentations, for his trainings that he did for his various clients, to assess data from employee surveys. And this is the really cool part to read books that he had bought and didn't have time to read and write three-page summaries with the key lessons from them. So basically, it was like getting paid to do something I enjoyed doing. Now, this was a side gig while I got diagonally promoted at the company I worked at, but then I caught the entrepreneurial bug. You fast forward to September 2005, I gave my notice and I was out of there. Uh, my journey as an entrepreneur has take, taken me from 
doing that stuff to owning a web development firm to uh, owning a website conversion consulting firm back about 15 years ago when I was a separate discipline. Then I was a product launch hired gun for a while. Then for three years, I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do with my life. I looked, I looked out and I saw nothing but a blank screen. Now, the funny thing is during that period, I already had the Business Creators Radio show up and running. So even though I didn't know what I wanted to market or what I wanted to sell or even what business I really wanted to be in, I was still making 52 business connections per year because it's a weekly podcast. And I made, I got some new clients out of that. I got to experiment with some different projects and some different opportunities. And the interesting irony is that through those three years of having my podcast as my only marketing and client attraction modality, as I tried to figure out where I wanted to go, the journey led me to podcasting itself. So in 2020, I created the launch your podcast fast system, uh, which is part of the podcast reach system. And uh, that's been my primary work since the beginning of 2001. It's working with entrepreneurs to launch their podcasts as their key networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding tool. And what's really cool about that is I have two um, production assistants. This is one of them. This is Stella. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a cat as well. Her name's Wiley. Uh, she, mm -hmm. She's definitely been written up for performance issues from time. Oh, to time. yeah. Yeah, this is this is that. Uh, and this is Alessandra. In, in addition to her uh, podcast production duties, she's also in our purchasing department. Hmm. Oh, I get it. Per mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Insert uh, drum sound for the podcast. Well, that's super cool, man. So, like, man, I, I can relate to a lot of that. And it's really interesting. Like, you come from, like, the HR side, right? And yeah. obviously, you've kind of gone a totally different direction into entrepreneurship and going into, like, helping people with their websites and web presence. And, you know, we I went on a very similar journey. I, we started off with doing websites for people, you know, and that kind of evolved into the other many facets of what we do. And my wife, funny enough, um, she's involved in our business with what we do specifically with our book publishing side of things. Um, but she's actually like her main job and what she do does is she's a VP of a uh, learning and development department for a very large pet company. Um, yeah. And she's got a pretty successful track record of helping these very large, you know, Fortune 500 companies you know, transform their whole companies from the L&D side of things. So like, I just think that's super fascinating that you came from that side. And obviously a lot of those skills have translated for you into what you do over here. Cause I'm seeing the same thing with my wife, like in, in kind of like what you kind of trip through is like, Hey, I just kind of did this thing. And then that kind of led to the next thing and yep. to the next thing. It's the same thing for us with publishing books. So like, I get what I'm getting to, Adam, is like, I would love to hear like, what, what was like your biggest defining moment, like going through that journey? Because, you know, one of the best parts about being an entrepreneur is like, you can do anything. But one of the downsides is you can't do everything. So like, what was that defining moment? Would you say that really helped you kind of like, clarify, like where you want to go and like super focus on this direction that you want to go with your life? Well, actually, I think uh, the best way I can answer this is my breakthrough moment. And that's when I busted my printer into a thousand pieces in a fit of rage. <laughs> like office space style? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, I cover this I cover this in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. See, what happened is I was a few years into being an entrepreneur. And I had somehow ended up with not one, not two, but three clients from hell simultaneously. 
I mean, I swear that they were actually friends with each other and I didn't know it. And I suspected at one point they were having meetings, the topic of which was, how do we drive Adam even more freaking insane? Yeah. Uh, it was to the point where I create a separate email address just to communicate with my team members so I could get a moment's peace before I walked into like whatever these these three were about to foist upon me because nothing ever went worked right for them. Even though I had 26 other clients where everything was going smoothly, everything was always a disaster with them. It's, it's just amazing. And, uh, and, and it, it got to the point where this was even permeating into that space I carved out where I didn't deal with clients during the day because, and this is an actual story. My assistant at the time, um, her name was Lindsay, uh skype me actually no we didn't use skype yet at the, the time we were still using that um well today it's windows messenger but it had a different name back then you know what i'm talking about um and she sent me a message on there and said uh so and so and as soon as i saw the names like oh what now he said um he uh he just um he just sent me an email and he wanted me to tell you that he's really upset because you asked him a question yesterday and he was thinking about it and he thinks that you should have just known that answer this is what i was dealing with so oh at the God. time at the time i didn't have the fortitude to really stand up to this and there are many reasons are outside the scope of our conversation for that and i think this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with especially when they're first starting out and they really need clients and maybe they haven't even clearly defined who their ideal client is because you have to actually work with clients to figure that out you yeah. can draw I mean, you can you can make avatars from here until the cows come home, but until you actually work with clients, you don't really know. Well, absolutely, it's like dating too. It's like uh, who, how are you supposed to know like who your dream girl or your dream guy is if you've never been on a date or never been in a relationship yeah. with someone before? Oh yeah, yeah. So so let's fast forward to this one day where um, I had forgotten to go to the grocery store, and I think I ate toothpaste for breakfast or something that morning. It was really <laughs> it's really bad. And uh, and my accountant, a fantastic guy, uh, I've had the same CPA for 20 years. And uh, and you know how it is, you know, you, you, I know, I imagine you have a CPA, too, and uh, and maybe a bookkeeper. And every so often they come to you and say, hey, Jonathan, could you sign something for me real quick? And this is just one of those things. He's, he said, I emailed you a form. Can you uh, print it out and sign it for me real quick and scan it back to me? And I clicked print on it. And my printer decided halfway through printing that one sheet of paper that it was out of ink. Like it couldn't have like not printed like printers normally do when they're about out of ink. And I thought, you mother, you, you cost me a sheet of paper. <laughs> Two years later, when I moved out of that apartment, I was still finding pieces of that printer. So after, so after I, so after I, uh, after I relished the rage for a bit, a little bit, and then transitioned to the "What have I done?" Uh, I spoke with my business coach, and she helped me realize two things. And this is why I call it the breakthrough moment. That she said, "This is by far the worst day of your business life as an entrepreneur so far, and it's actually one of the worst stories I've ever heard." She told me that. So. That was the case. And I had a power as an entrepreneur where I can look at that and say, you know, this really sucks. And I can do something about it right now. 
let's just say that uh, those three clients weren't clients of mine much longer. I didn't just outright fire them, but uh, I eased them out. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what I discovered is, as an entrepreneur, you can have great days, you can have awful days. And if you don't like where things are going or where you are right now, you can take proactive action right now to change it. It may be a journey you're embarking on, but you can take that first step. Now compare that to a corporate environment where somebody who has a position higher on the org chart with you uh, decides to to screw with you. And then not only do you have to um, thank them for doing so, but apologize for arguing with them when they told you the earth was flat. You know, I mean, because you 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 still have some cultures like that. Fortunately, I didn't really deal with much of that in my professional career before I became an entrepreneur. But, you know, that, you you know, you hear stories like that. So the the breakthrough is, is, yeah, you see the whole roller coaster. Uh, You feel everything, whereas the person who gets paid every two weeks sees this. Right. But on the other hand, you can make things happen pretty much at will. It may not happen instantaneously. But you can take actions today that can get you closer to the results you want faster. Like, uh, Jonathan, let's say you uh, realize that, well, maybe you were $5,000 short. Or maybe you decide, hey, I need $5,000. Well, what can you do? Uh, you, can, uh, you, can, you, you can put, uh, put the pedal down. Book yourself a client real quick. Yep. Not, I, mean, uh, I mean, it may seem daunting. And you may look and say, wait, I have no prospects on the board. But I bet you, you reach out to 20 people, you hit one. Yeah, man. Oh, man, you're speaking my love language, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. It's like, you know, so I came from the corporate environment as well, like from the fitness industry. And uh, you're absolutely right. Like the pressure that I felt working in that environment, it w- was like uh, like overbearing for me. Like it was causing me stress, anxiety, I was, yeah. alcoholism, all this stuff, right? And here I do, and I jump into entrepreneurship, which is a hundred times harder, but the pressure and stress of being an entrepreneur, I'd much rather have the stress of, I just have to go find a way to make the make the sales and do what I got to do, right? Because yeah. that's what I was conditioned to do for so long, than the stress and the pressure of, oh, this person doesn't like me. Now, like you said, I have to mm-hmm. thank them for what they're doing to make my life more miserable. And now I've got a, a ceiling over top of my potential, to get to where I want to be in life because this person may not like me or this person may be threatened. So it's weird how like for some people, entrepreneurship is like too overwhelming in terms of the pressure and the fear. But for guys like us, like, dude, it's the opposite. Like you put me in that atmosphere, like I'm going to lose my mind. Right. But yeah, put me out here. I'll find, I'll always find a way to make it happen. Is there stress? Is there pressure? Absolutely. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. This Yeah. not just for anybody and even if you think you can handle it going in you'll learn some lessons and and i'm not saying that to discourage anybody i'm saying it to actually give you a preview of what's ahead and how it's going to make you so much stronger as a person because you will inevitably go through it yep and you will find out who you really are because yeah. at, at the end of the day there's only you in the mirror you don't have uh-huh. you can't blame anyone else everything is your fault all and you, you know you know the and you know the best part is you're allowed. You're allowed to break down and spaz out once in a while. <laughs> Just because you know what I say. You know what I say. If you got to burn something through it, take a flamethrower to it. Get through it faster. 
Right. But get, a, but, get, but get through it because the heat is going to make you stronger. Yeah, I saw someone's post and I was laughing so hard. I was like, fuck this, if this ain't true. This guy wrote, he goes, entrepreneurship is having your best day and your worst day at the same time. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, if that ain't true, going from like, what? on top of the world like two seconds later be like this is the worst day of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i think as you go through it man and once again like you're you're over 10 years doing this you just start building different type of muscles i call them entrepreneur muscles yeah at the end of the day where the things that used to phase you don't phase you as much and once again we can't control what happens but we can have full control over how we react and what we do moving forward based on everything. And that's where the ownership yeah. comes in. So I think that's a good transition to my next question for you, man. So, you know, you, you've got this awesome story of where you've kind of progressed through your career to what you're doing now. And I just think it's fantastic. Um, what I'd love to hear, Adam, is, you know, if you could go back and do just one thing differently, what would it be and why? It's funny how our entire conversation in various ways has been leading up to this question. Uh, remember I told you that uh, after I completed my MBA, I did the job search thing, turned down all the offers, and ended up doing and doing and becoming a side hustler. And my first client was my previous mentor who had started a training and development firm after he himself left corporate and went out and hung out his own shingle. Well, in the early days of him being my client during the side hustle, while I was still at the full-time job, I had what is not even arguably, but definitely the absolute worst day I ever had as an employee of an organization. And I had been going through this process where I was kind of like, do I climb the ladder, corporate hustle? Do I break out as an entrepreneur? And that went back and forth every day. Well, uh, well something happened on that one particular day, November 19th, uh, 2004, that said, yeah, okay, here's the corporate hustle, here's entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I'm out, right? Mm -hmm. But I but I couldn't get out immediately. So uh, I, call, I called him because, you know, yeah he, yeah, he was my client, but there's still the mentor thing going on. And he uh, listened to my story. And he said, you know, I've been wanting to work with you more and I'm going to need more of you in the next year because I got a lot of plans and you've got this job and you've only got an hour or two, three nights a week and a couple hours on weekends for me. I'd like to work with you pretty much full time for at least six months. Mm -hmm. And he said, for starters, he said, for starters, uh, give me your PayPal address and I will forward you $5,000 right now. Not alone. I will just give you $5,000. Wow. I turned it down. And I stayed at that job for eight more months. That is the thing I would do differently. I would have, uh, because the condition was, is he would send me the money. But, and, and, and see, November 19th, 2004 was a Friday. So it would have happened to have that on the following Monday. Uh, the condition on me, on me accepting that was, that I had to go into the office on Monday and hand them a resignation effective immediately and walk out. Ah, uh, he, he was forcing you to jump off the cliff. And I wasn't ready to jump. See, yeah. here's why I didn't. Because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know a question to ask. I didn't even know there were questions to ask. And I didn't recognize that that $5,000 would have kept me going long enough where working with him a lot more, which means I would have been getting more retainer money from him too. And 
being able to do more with a second client I'd picked up and build a business and a brand and go get a bunch of clients. By the time that $5,000 was spent, I would have been fully set up as an entrepreneur, but right. I didn't have, because you and I both know the skills you can use. You can take $5,000 if you got nothing and you can turn down the law to something if you're focused, organized, and disciplined. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, but I didn't know anything about that. And also it just, some of the poverty mindset, scarcity mindset that unfortunately too many people are conditioned with. And you know, that happened to me as it happened to most people. And it, the message is usually delivered by well-meaning people. Yeah. Uh, and the message was basically that kind of stuff doesn't happen to people like us. That's only for lucky people. Mm. Uh, and, and, and besides, what is this guy trying to get from you if he's giving you $5,000? Well, see, Jonathan, I actually gave the answer when I began to tell the story. That $5,000 would have liberated me from that job immediately. Mm -hmm. So his investment was he could have more time to work with me and get his stuff started sooner. Yeah. So he was viewing it. So he was viewing giving me $5,000 is an investment in his business. Right. But I didn't have the framework to see that yeah. and to understand that that's actually a form of entrepreneurial thinking. Mm. But if I had, but if I had even a third of that knowledge back on that day, back in 2004, uh, I would have uh, probably called my boss's boss at home and said, don't worry, don't worry about seeing me on Monday. I just emailed, email, email you my resignation. Oh, and by the way, I was speaking with my mentor and he said that one of the cool things about being a full-time entrepreneur is if somebody who thinks they have authority over you tries to give you a hard time, you can pretend to be hard of hearing and say, fuck you. What was that? Yeah, dude, that's badass. That's probably one of my favorite answers we've had on this episode, man. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's do this. We're going to move into rapid fire to kind of shift gears. Once again, Adam, as I told you, these are random as shit, man. Some of these are weird. I actually asked, uh, my, uh, I do, I do this on one of my podcasts. Okay. As well. I okay. love this. So, 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 so this take is, it away. So this is Todd Holland. Just, to, I'm going to go ahead and give him credit to this. So if this goes well, he'll get the praises. If it doesn't, we can blame him when we get off the episode. <laughs> so first question I have for you, if you could invent a flavor of bubble water, for aliens on Jupiter, what would it be? Orange. <laughs> Why? Why orange? Because orange is my fifth favorite color and my first favorite fruit. Okay. just It's kind of like purple drink, but orange drink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's it taste yeah, like? Yeah, I, 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 I always like to share the joy of orange. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Second question. If you could subscribe to any historical person's email list... Who would it be and why? Marshall Tito. Who's Marshall Tito? He was the uh, president of Yugoslavia from 1953 to 1980. He was the man who stood up to Joseph Stalin when we were forming the Warsaw Pact. Oh. Well, yeah. Shoot, I learned something if you, today. If you, if you study his life history, and he lived a long and storied life and had some experiences that are just almost unbelievable if only there weren't witnesses to them i would just love to be entertained by some of the conversations he was having with some of the people he was having that's awesome man i learned yeah. something new today i like how you said that with so much confidence like i was supposed yeah. to know who that was i'm like mm -hmm. who <laughs> fantastic um all right question three if you could write one chapter 
and a guaranteed best-selling book. Once again, you only get one chapter to write. What would it be about? Okay. Um, I'm first. I'm going to tell you the one I already did, okay. which was about me the day that I left my very first job out of college, uh, and that was actually I was there for eight months and sixteen days. Um, it was actually such a bad experience that I celebrate the day I left April 27th as my second birthday. And there are two reasons why. Reason number one is this is, again, the conditioning we get and some of the false paradigms that hold us hostage. And we don't even realize that they do. So I've been told two things. Number one, if you ever leave a job without having another job lined up, your career is over. Yeah. And if you leave a job on bad terms, you won't get hired again for three months because everybody will immediately find out. Well, it's funny. I was working as a recruiter for a temp agency, April 27th was a Thursday. And that following Monday, I was, I actually was out as a temp working for one of their competitors, making almost twice the money to do, to do filing. Mm. And I ended up losing that temp assignment. And the reason is very simple. I was getting so many job interviews that I could not commit to the assignment. So by mutual agreement, I just walked away from it. Mm. So that was a paradigm shifter. Now, if I were to write a chapter now for a book, again, uh, we're going to have to make some assumptions about the topic, title, genre yeah. of the book. Right. I would actually want to write a chapter about the thing, some of the things we discussed earlier and some other stories that we don't have time for within the context of this episode. Mm -hmm. It's the whole thing about Helping people know what they don't know, know what questions to ask, and know that the questions are available to be asked in a way that they can understand it and back that up with the explanation that the reason they can't see it for themselves right now is simply because they're trying too hard to see it for themselves when they can't even see it yet. Yeah. So, and I cover this in my, in my Groundhog book too. First, you have to see it then you have to see it for yourself. Mm. I love it. Fantastic answer. Last question. This one's my favorite one to ask. If you could have a message on a billboard that every man, woman, and child on this planet is going to see, what would it say? Wow. That one right there is a little bit of a zinger. <laughs> I would... <laughs> You know how Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can you can do it? Uh-huh. Well, a friend of mine back in college, actually, uh, you know, his name was Rick, and uh, it probably still is Rick, because last time I checked, he was still alive. <laughs> he's the guy who, he's the guy that introduced me to that mentor who later became my first client. And uh, both the mentor and my friend Rick had worked for Disney one summer. Well, my, well, my mentor actually was a, a director level there for several years. And my and my friend interned for him one summer at Disney. And so he had a different take on the thing. And it's if you can pronounce it, you can do it. Mm. So if you can pronounce cardiopulmonary ophthalmologist, you can do it. Mm. Now, going along with that, there's another little line of comedy that was going on back in the, the dorms of Penn State is if you didn't know what the word was, you know, sometimes, you, you know, it's like, what's what's the word for that? If you can't think of it, just make one up because most people won't even realize it's not a word. Right. So I had a made up word, dactyle, D-A-C-T-I-L-E. Now it sounds sort of like tactile, which is a word. Dactyle is not a word, but I used it randomly in conversation and I never got caught. 
So I would put up a billboard that said Dactyl <laughs> and let people scratch their heads over it. Perfect. I love it, man. Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you, follow you, get and do all the things? All right. So uh, we touched on podcasting here a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, if somebody out there is interested in getting involved, with podcasting, I, I got a couple resources for you that you can go check out if you feel it's something you'd like to explore. So if you go to my, if you go to the website for the Reach System, which is www.thereachsystem.com, and you go to the resources tab in the menu, so the reachsystem.com forward slash resources, I've got a few guides uh, for people who are either aspiring podcasters or current podcasters. Uh, there's a few up there right now. I'm going to give you a couple of the titles. These may change over time as I create more or I update them. So one is about how to recession-proof your business by launching and hosting your podcast. Another is five powerful ways to monetize your podcast without counting clicks and downloads or needing a big audience. And another one that I really love is the three keys to avoid podcast purgatory. One of the things I see is so sad is people start their podcast with such high hopes or they get told that they can just take a shortcut and just, you know, just record something on their phone, throw it up on iTunes. I don't even know what the hell that means because it's called Apple Podcasts and like you don't just upload it to some random place. It's got to be a syndication structure, uh, but they do this and then they announce, hey, I have a podcast and look, I even had a logo created on Canva, ain't I all that? And then that's the last episode they ever do because all they were doing is checking a box. Or they started a podcast and uh, they did it without a strategy or a methodology. And they're wondering, why am I not getting to speak with awesome people as my guests? Why am I not making connections? Why am I not getting clients and referrals? Why am I not getting my episodes shared? And this guide is all about how to get out of podcast purgatory and get yourself to the place where you're transforming a dead or dying podcast into your powerful networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding tool. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's if you're really interested in podcasting. Go to www.thereachsystem.com forward slash resources. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'm on several social media profiles, but the only two that I do myself for business are Facebook and LinkedIn. So find me by my name. I'm the only person in the world who has my name. It's easy to find. Fantastic. And just, oh. and just, and just, and just tell just and just uh, you know just so i recognize that you're one of the really cool kids don't send me copy pasta and offer to hop on a zoom just send a quick message that says i heard you on jonathan Loudermilk's podcast and i decided i wanted to connect with you anyway <laughs> awesome adam well i'll make sure i put all that stuff in the show notes for y'all tuning in so super easy and clickable um with that being said thank you for tuning in for another great episode adam has been an absolute pleasure having you on the episode today. And for y'all tuning in, make sure you go out there, be like Adam Homie, and go get what you work, baby. Yeah, yeah. And that's a wrap for this episode, The Real Talk with Real Business Pros. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey with us. We hope today's episode inspired you to take your career, relationships, and personal life to new heights. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep on getting what you're worth. Yeah.